leading us into worship. So good. Awesome. I love, I love that song so much. It's so good. But today we are talking about a new topic, and we are talking about family. We are family. And this is something that's just such a big part of all of our lives, because whether our family feels like family or not, the fact that we are here means that we are a part of a family. We have a family. And I just want you to take a moment now just to take a look around this room. Look to the people on your left and to your right, people behind you, people in front of you. So if you are here and you have put your faith in Jesus, you've received him into your life, we are family. We are family. And the definition of family is those who are related by blood or by covenant. And so some of you here are related by blood, your family members, and or maybe some of you are married. And so through, like your family now extends through the covenant that you have made. But your family also extends to those a part of God's family. And the Bible says in um, John chapter 1 verse 12, it says, But as many as received him, talking about Jesus, as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, to those who believe in his name. And so if you receive, have received Jesus into your life and you believe in him, that means that you are a child of God. And we actually enter into a covenant relationship with God. And now we are his sons and his daughters, a part of his family. And so we we don't just believe in Jesus, but we also belong to him. And maybe you're here and you don't have family, but here today together through Jesus, we are family. And I just want to encourage you with that today. And when God, when God designed the family unit, he designed it to be a unit. It's meant to be together because the kingdom of God is not about isolation and it's not about separation, but it's about community where we are coming together. He's bringing people together. But how come, why is it that when we look around at maybe our own families, or the families around us? Why do we see so much division and separation and hurt and there's fights and there's troubles and there's just this separation and division? There's brokenness. Why is that? It's because we're broken people. And the thing with disunity is that it always starts off small. It's like a tear in like your ripped jeans. It's like the tear always starts off small. But the more it gets stretched, the more stress that gets put on it, the bigger the tear gets. And what started off as a tiny, tiny hole has now grown into this massive, massive hole. But that's not God's picture of family. And he actually wants to sew up that hole. He designed family because he doesn't want us to be alone. 
He doesn't want us to be separated from people. And he has put people in your life for a purpose. He has put people in your life for a purpose. And it's like God is showing you, here is your people. Here is your people. And if we go back to the beginning when God made Adam in the Garden of Eden, Adam was there with God. It says he was there walking in the garden with God. But do you know what God said? He said, it wasn't good for man to be alone. Now, when I read that, I was like, how could Adam have been alone if he was there with God? But it's because God designed us to be in relationship with other people, to have people around us, supporting us, that we can do life with, that we can follow God with. And that is the purpose. God, God didn't call Moses to go to the mountain to seek God and just to stay there. But God called Moses to the mountain, yes, to seek God. But he went there for the purpose to come back to where the people were. Even Jesus, he went away from the crowd to go seek the Father. But he went away for the purpose to come back to where the people were. And you may have noticed that the closer that you get to God, the better your relationships are with the people around you. And so if you're taking notes today, my first point is that as family, we have unity. As family, we have unity. And so I'm going to be speaking from 1 Corinthians today, chapter 12. So if you would like to turn there, because this gives us a picture of how the family of God is actually designed to be. And so in verse, in 1 Corinthians 12, We'll start off in verse 12 to 13. It says, The human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slaves, some are free. But we have all been baptized into one body by one spirit, and we all share the same spirit. So when this scripture is talking about the body of Christ, it's not talking about Jesus' literal body when he was here on this earth, but it's actually referring to the church, those who are the adopted sons and daughters of God, a part of his family who actually represent Jesus as if he was still here. And it's through this analogy of the body that we are given such a strong picture of what this unity between us is actually meant to look like. And it's showing us that as God's family, we are to be so united together that we are like one body. There's many members, many parts, many functions, but all one body connected together and in John 17, we, um, we actually get to listen in on one of Jesus' prayers. And just as a side note, what blows my mind is that in this prayer, we see Jesus actually prayed for us. He actually prayed for you. And this was 2,000 years ago, and he prayed for you in the here and now. 
That is just, that just blows my mind. But do you know what he prayed for? It says in John 17, 11, Jesus prays, Now I am departing from the world. They are staying in this world, but I am coming to you. Holy Father, you have given me your name. Now protect them by the power of your name so that they will be united just as we are. And the NKJV, um, NKJV version says, so that they will be one just as we are one. Jesus saying, just as we are one, talking about him and God the Father, that is how they are to be one. Just think about that for one moment. Think about how close Jesus is with God the Father. Like a part of the Trinity, they are literally one. They are so unified together that they are literally one. And that is the unity that he calls us to have with each other. Like that is a supernatural unity. Like that exceeds what we think is possible in our natural minds. But God's word never returns void. And in the kingdom of God on earth, as it is in heaven, this can actually be a reality for us. And I believe it because Jesus' prayer still has as much power 2,000 years ago as it does in the here and the now today. And as followers of Jesus, we are meant to be like Jesus. And so if we want to reflect Christ in our lives, we are to be united with each other. And so what does that actually look like for us then, to be united like that? And I think it begins with our relationship with each other, where we are connected and we actually know each other. And I want you just to have a look around the room again to the people here. And so if you're, if you're here and you're a part of God's family, I want you to ask yourselves, how well do you know your family? How well do you know your family? Maybe there's some people here who you know really, really well and you have a, re a really close and great relationship with them. But I bet as we look around, we see people who maybe we've only spoken to them once. Or maybe we don't even know their name. But I think this is a challenge for us all. And so I want you to challenge yourself with this. How can you get to know your family better? How can you become more connected? And connect groups, they are a great way to stay connected with your family. And we actually have them coming back this week, like we talked about before. So if you're not involved with them, go speak to Corey and Lisa. Because like for Sunday mornings, this is like our big family gathering. It's like the big family gathering. Everyone comes together. But it's like throughout the week in connect groups, we can still stay connected with each other. And I even challenge you that after the service today, when you go out to the cafe and you grab your tea or your coffee, I, I encourage you to take initiative and go sit with someone 
who you don't know very well. Connect with your family because to be unified is to have that connection with each other. Because, you know, we aren't called to be lots of little bodies scattered around the place. But Christ has one body. And so we are to be one body. And in 1 Corinthians, um, in verse 25, further on, it says, There should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. And so it's saying there should be no division within the members of the body. Now, if I'm just a hand, right, just imagine I'm just a hand right now. What good am I without the rest of my body? What can a hand achieve on its own? Like, my hand attached to my body, it looks normal. It's like the way it's supposed to be. It's natural. But if my hand was detached from my body, that is just, that is just weird. Like, that is just not how it's meant to be. And, like, imagine a hand just, like, wandering around on its own. Like, that... That is just not normal. It's not how it's meant to be. And also, that's not even possible for the hand to be wandering around on its own. It can't do anything on its own. A hand disconnected from the body is actually disconnected from the life source. There's no blood flowing through it to give it life. The life will leave the hand and the hand will actually wither and it will die. For us, our life, our life comes from the blood of Christ through his sacrifice on the cross. And his blood was shed on the cross to give us life. But the blood, the thing with the blood in the body is it flows through the body. Through the body to the members of the body. And if we cut ourselves off, and separate ourselves from the body, our fam- which is our family, we won't actually be living in the life of Christ. We are called together. And that means we are also called to resolve all things that may separate us. And it says all parts should have equal concern for each other. And, you know, we may still be connected with others. We may still have our relationship with others. But even if there is one person where we have this disunity with, with this conflict with, that should concern us and that should lead us to take initiative to seek restoration with that person. And the thing is, when someone has done something wrong against us, like they're clearly in the wrong, the last thing we want to do is forgive. We, we want them to pay for what they've done because they don't deserve forgiveness. They've done the wrong thing. They don't deserve forgiveness, we say. But the very nature of forgiveness, the very nature of forgiveness is that it is undeserving. No one can actually deserve forgiveness And that's why we need forgiveness. If someone, if we see someone who is undeserving of our forgiveness, that means they actually fit the criteria for us to offer them forgiveness. 
when there was division in our relationship with God because of something that we did wrong, we were in the wrong, we disobeyed God. God did not sit back and go, I didn't do anything wrong. They are the ones in the wrong, so they need to make things right with me. They need to pay for what they've done. That's not what God did. God, he, he knew we couldn't even pay the, the penalty for what we'd done wrong anyway. He knew that. And God, he took the initiative to seek restoration. When we were, we were un, the ones undeserving of forgiveness, but he, he came to us and he forgave us of what we had done to cause this separation. And in um, Colossians 3 verse 13, it says, bear with each other. And I think Jesus really, like, sorry, to bear means to endure or to suffer. Bear means to endure or to suffer. And I think Jesus really did endure a lot for us. And he really did suffer a lot for us. And sometimes that's what it's going to feel like. It's going to feel like when we have this conflict with other people, it's going to feel like it's something we have to endure. And it feels like suffering because it's hard. It's not easy to have unity. But it says, bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And so if, if Christ has forgiven me, if Christ has forgiven them, who am I not to forgive? Who do you need to forgive in your life? Who do you need to restore unity to? And my um, final point today is, as family, we have purpose. So firstly, as family, we have unity, but that unity actually serves a purpose. And so as family, we have purpose. Just like a hand detached from the body is detached from its purpose. If we are detached from the body of Christ, we are actually detaching ourselves from our purpose. And it says in verse 27, it says, Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you has a part of it. And so together, we are not just any body. We are not just any body but we are Christ's body. And Jesus, he came into his body, into flesh for a purpose. And so now us, who is the body of Christ, we are now a part of fulfilling that purpose. Jesus' purpose was he came to save us by paying the penalty for our sin so that our relationship with God could be restored, so that we could know Him and follow Him and find life. And Jesus, He completed this work on the cross. 
However, He has now passed the baton on to us. He has passed the baton on to you. Jesus did the saving. But how will the world know if no one tells them? How will they know? We expect that, like we are in our workplaces and in our families and we have friendship groups and we think someone else will tell them. Someone else will tell them about Jesus. I know they don't know God, but I know if, like there'll be a time where someone else will tell them or maybe I'll get an opportunity later on but I'll get to tell them. But the thing is, no one is promised tomorrow. No one is promised tomorrow. And so we, as the body of Christ, we are the means by which God is going to reach the world as we share this good news with them. And so we are now the ones fulfilling God's purpose on the earth. It's no longer now limited to a singular human body when Jesus was here, where, you know, it was limited to just where Jesus was. But now through the Holy Spirit in you, which He gave to us when He ascended into heaven, God's purpose is now fulfilled wherever you are. God's purpose is fulfilled wherever His people are. And it's as if Jesus is still here. It's as if Jesus is still here because when the world sees us, the body of Christ, they should see Jesus. They should see Jesus. Where the head of the body wills to go. Jesus is the head of the body. If I want to walk over this way, that's because like if my brain decides I want to walk this way, my body follows. And so Jesus is the head, and so we follow Jesus. Where He goes, we go. And what does that actually look like in our lives? I want to share with you something that Jesus shared with His disciples. Now keep in mind, this, at this point, before I share this, at this point, Jesus had just risen from the dead. Okay, he had just risen from the dead. Like, first of all, that does not happen every day. So this is someone who died and is now alive and is standing before them. And he's about to speak something to them. And this is also before he's about to ascend into heaven. And so this was his departing words to them. It was his commission to them. And you know, if anyone has just risen from the dead, you are going to want to listen to what they have to say. Because this does not happen every day, especially if now you know this is actually God here with us. We want to take a hold of every word He is about to say to us. And so we know what He says here is so important and is so important for each and every one of us here. So Jesus says in Matthew 28, verse 19 to 20, He says, Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son 
and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commandments I have given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So his disciples are here. And he's saying to his disciples, go and make disciples. So therefore, if we follow Jesus, what he says with that, that means disciples make disciples. If we are a disciple, if we are a follower of Jesus and we actually follow what Jesus has called us to do, that means we actually make disciples. The fruit of a disciple is that they will make disciples. A disciple is a follower of Jesus. Those are part of his family. And so when we fulfill our purpose as family, coming together in unity, where where we are on the same page, following Jesus together, where we aren't complacent, just doing our own thing and doing life our way, but we're, we're actively going to lead people to Jesus. This is how the world is going to know Him. Do you want the world to know God? There's a quote by Pastor Mark Kelsey that says, Your eternity is about you, but your destiny is about others. Your eternity is about you, but your destiny, your purpose, about others. Jesus, he calls us as the body to have an outward focus, an outward focus. And that's the thing about the body is the body can't look within itself. I can't look inside myself. I can only look out. And so we are as the body of Christ to have that outward focus on the people around us to see Who can I lead to Jesus? Who can I lead to be a disciple and to follow Him? And so I want you to think about that in your own life. Who can you lead to follow Jesus? Who can you lead to follow Jesus? Because we don't want people to miss out on being a part of this family. We don't want them to miss out. First of all, because like... We want them to restore their relationship with God, but also because we want them to be able to fulfill their purpose and their calling from God. And if you are here today and you are a follower of Jesus, then this is God's call for you too. This is Jesus' call for you. And if you don't want to stay complacent, living life your own way, but if you want to live your life fulfilling the purpose that God has for you. The time is now. And just to be clear, this is not about being like a preacher or a pastor or a leader in church or a missionary overseas or any of that. This is just the foundation of us as being a Christ follower. This is about us being a Christ follower, a true disciple of Jesus. And that is why you have the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. God's Spirit is in you. He didn't put His Spirit in you for you to just go through the motions. 
but His Spirit is in you in, to work, for you to work in power, for you to actually turn this, the world around you upside down and not to do nothing for God, but to do everything for Him. And we often think, you know, to do anything for God, we have to go somewhere far away. However, God has put you here. God has put you in your job. God has put you in your family. God has put you within your friendship circles for a purpose. To fulfill His purpose through you. And I believe that and I know God has positioned you somewhere for a purpose. And if you're wanting to, you know, pursue God's call today to be Christ's body on earth and to make disciples, I really want to pray for you today and I want to pray for God's Holy Spirit to come upon you afresh in power because this is the whole reason why we're here. This is the reason why we're here. And today I want to ask you to do something really bold today because to follow Jesus is not easy and it takes courage. But if that's you today, if you're here and you say yes, you want to say yes to God. Yes, I want to live my life for God. I want to follow Jesus' words, His command to us, as to me as a Christ follower. I want to go and make disciples. And if that's you in this place today, here right now, I just want to ask you right now, can you just stand up to your feet? Take a stand for Christ. If you say, yes, that's me. I'm saying yes to God. Awesome. Taking a stand. We have to take sometimes a physical stand to represent the stand that we want to make to Christ in our own lives. Because, you know, sometimes we have to do things outside of our comfort zone. If we want to follow Jesus at all, it's going to be outside of our comfort zone. And that's why the Holy Spirit is called the Comforter. Because we are going to need some comforting. We are going to need to do some things that make us very, very uncomfortable. And so I just want you to lift your hands to heaven right now. Awesome. I'm just going to pray the Holy Spirit over you right now. Father God, in the name of Jesus, I pray that your Holy Spirit right now will fall upon your people. Fall afresh in power, God. Put your anointing upon them, Lord. Give them vision to see the people in their world who they have been put in their life for a reason so that they can lead to know you. And I pray today, God, that you will give them the boldness. You will give them the courage for them to able to make a stand for you and to be able to make disciples, God, that they're not going to be complacent anymore. They're not just going to be going through the motions, Lord, but they are going to follow you. They are going to make a stand to make disciples. And it starts today, Lord. And I just pray right now, God, you'll be with them, Lord. Fill them with your courage. I pray against fear in the name of Jesus, Lord, but fill them right now. Fill them, God. Let them be touched by you. Let them be filled afresh by the power of your Holy Spirit. 
Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Awesome. You guys can grab your seats. Sometimes it's something about just doing something physical to represent what's going on on the inside of us. Because it's going to feel uncomfortable. It's going to feel uncomfortable. But I just want you guys to close your eyes in this place. Maybe you're here today and you don't have a relationship with God. It's not by accident that you're here today. And God is inviting you to be His sons and daughters. God today is welcoming you into His family. It says, But as many as received Him, to them He gave the right to become children of God, to those who believe in His name. Do you believe in Jesus today? Do you believe in Jesus? To believe means that you trust in Him. It means you trust that He died on the cross and rose again as your Saviour to pay the penalty for your sins. And to believe means to commit your life to Jesus. To believe means you trust Him so much that you now follow Him as your leader in your life. If you are here today and you believe in Jesus, but you've never yet made that decision to actually receive Jesus in your life. If that's you today and you want to receive Jesus, I'd love to lead you in a prayer to receive Jesus. And so if that's you, I just ask you right now, just raise your hand in this place while everyone's eyes are closed. Heads are bowed. If you believe in Jesus, but you've never made that decision to receive Him into your life, I'll wait a couple moments if there's anyone. Or maybe you did believe, but you're no longer trusting in Jesus or you haven't actually committed your life to Jesus. If you want to receive Jesus into your life, just raise your hand. Amen. Let's just stand to our feet today as we pray. All of us stand together now. We're just going to pray this prayer together. And so just repeat after me. Dear Jesus, I'm sorry for the wrong things I've done against you. I believe you died for my sins. And I believe you rose again to give me new life. Thank you for forgiving me. And today I receive you into my life. I trust you as my saviour and I commit to follow you as my leader. In Jesus' name, amen. Awesome.